You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Well, they're doing a Stranger Things viewing, viewing function, viewing party. Bash. Yeah, it's bash. like a, a costume Halloween. A sma- would it be, would you call it a monster, monster mash? Oh, God. I can't You guys both raced for that joke. Was it a graveyard smash? Uh, am well, I the we'll only see. person who kind of hates that song? No. Like, of the... Everybody hates it. Yeah, of the yeah. Halloween song. I think we talked about that in the car. Like, yeah. Just nostalgic, like the, but it the sucks. No- novelty songs like that and Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer. Yeah, that's annoying. Yeah. Oh, I used terrible. to like that so much as a child, and now I'm just like, I, I can't flip the knob. I think what the problem enough. is, Joel, is that you can't uh, listen uh, to if, Monster if may, Mash. I'll tell you what the problem uh, is. Uh, no, no, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. It's, you, you, didn't, you didn't come up with any of this on your own. You didn't have a respect uh, for it. <laughs> you, you stood on the, the shoulders of geniuses. <laughs> and you, you patented it, and you packaged it, and you slapped it on a plastic lunchbox, and you're, you're selling sell it. You want to sell, sell it. it. Well... <laughs> All right, so what I was this going has to been say Jurassic Park Theater is uh, the I, f- I feel like you think too much of the narrative, mm-hmm. and when I listen to Monster Mash, I start thinking like these guys aren't all friends. Why are they having a party? <laughs> they should be fighting each they other. Should be fighting each other. Well, who's there? Mummies well, and vampires. They and... talk about like how there's the Wolfman and Dracula. He would just eat everybody. And Frankenstein. Like we know that from this film. All of them have come together. Not and they would, they would be they're not friends. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the movie The Monster Squad, but it's for like one Didn't day. Work out for them. It's like one day because they year. weren't a cohesive team. They were not the Avengers. <laughs> and apparently, yeah. what if Universal, they could just put the aside uni- their differences? The Universal Cinematic Universe, yeah. or whatever UCU is that what it was? The UCU mm-hmm. where they tried to put all these monsters together. Yeah, is that still happening? I don't know because that's the the Tom Cruise mummy movie. And uh, weren't they trying to get that Dracula Untold? Wasn't that supposed to be unofficially the first movie? Is it the Mel Brooks one? No, no, dude, that's dead <laughs> loving it. Uh, no, the the one who with uh, the guy who played Gaston. Oh, that dude. Yeah, he did a Dracula movie. Oh. And that was supposed to be, I think... That's tied in as well. One. It's kind of like how the Hulk was for us, where we had a uh, Hulk movie with Ed Norton. Before they everybody knew. really forgot about it. <laughs> and then suddenly Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> like, I'm the Hulk. He's been the Hulk the whole time, guys. The whole time, yeah. Oh, poor Edward Norton. Yeah, 13 going on 30. <laughs> the Hulk and Electra hookup. We should mention who the uh, the voice whispering on the other end is. This is the Editing Bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name's Joe. <laughs> My name's Joel. This is where we come to talk about movies. Sometimes, sometimes they're good movies, sometimes they're bad movies. Whatever the case, we will watch a movie every week and then come back here and talk about it with each other. And with you, our lovely Editing Bay listeners, mm. and sometimes we're fortunate enough to have a guest with us. Be our guest. Again. Joe, I thought it only fair since we uh, had your wife on last week, your new blushing bride. Yes. That's uh we uh, we finally invite Jenna, the much sought after, promised many times, and finally making her her debut well, for the no, 2017 season. Last and last time we heard Jenna was with Sarah. We did the Mike and Dave need yeah, wedding date. That's right, about a yeah. year ago or so, wasn't it? <laughs> Hello, we got it in yeah. just under the wire. Hi, Jenna. Thanks, baby, for coming on and uh, <laughs> talking about this awesome movie. By the way, which you just saw for the first time a couple of weeks ago, right? Yep. We were on the road. Twice now, yeah. Well, twice you've seen it in its entirety twice, but you've probably seen the first act. Three or four times, times, right? Yeah, we've uh, we've attempted to watch this several times, Joe. Um, mm-hmm. I should mention the name of the movie: Cabin. In, no, not Cabin in the Woods. The the 
Cabin, Cabin in the, the Woods. If you go to IMDb and try to search for Cabin in the Woods, it will not pop up. You need that V. It's very Are you crucial. sure it won't pop up or just be like the third option? No, I had to like start removing letters and then it was like, oh, you mean Cabin in the Woods from 2012? <laughs> Cabin yes. In the, Cabin in the Woe? Cabin in the Woo? <laughs> Cabin in the Womb. Uh, so, Happy Halloween. Yes. Perfect <laughs> pick, by the way. And I can say that because we both chose this we movie. Both, yeah, we both picked the same thing. to each other. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a great film. It, it is fantastic. I mean, I, I feel like we can't, we're going to make everybody wait and see, like, oh, well, what did they think of it? This is a fantastic movie, guys. Well, and not only that, we're going to be spoiling the hell out of it, Joe. I don't think there's any way we can talk about this movie and give it its due. It's like 11 years old now, isn't without, it? No, it came out in 2012. It's oh, did it? whatever the math is on that. Five years, right? Five, Five years. Five years. It's entirely too long. <laughs> I had to think about it. I can't talk and do math Joel, at the same time. Joel, it's... Not a multitasker. It's, it's still 11 minus <laughs> six. Yeah, there you go. It's in there. It's in the equation. <laughs> And actually, would have come out sooner. This was actually filmed in 2009. It was supposed to come out then. And uh, MGM was bank, uh, bankrolling it. And then they went bankrupt. Yeah. And so it kind of sat on the shelves for a couple of years until I think, who actually... Oh, is it Legendary? No. No, Lionsgate. Lionsgate actually Lionsgate ended up releasing it. it uh, but mm-hmm. thank God they did because, man, there is no other film like this one. It, it's, it's... You know, it's a unique. lot of people will compare something like this to... And I think it was... Was it Sarah or was it Jenna? Was it you? That compared it to Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Yes, and uh, and it's about the that's about the closest you can get to it, uh, in as much as it is a genre bending film. Like it, it turns everything that you know about the horror genre on its ear. Um, it's kind of the scream of this generation. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you on that. Okay. That's that's of course I'm correct. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> You can agree with the facts. Can't just let it go. Just, 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 just accept it. Can't just accept it. Jen is used to this. Uh, cabin in the Woods. Cabin the in Cabin in the Woods. Woods. 2012. By Joss Whedon. And Matthew Goddard. Is that the guy's name? Uh, Drew Goddard. Drew Goddard. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Um, what, what else would we know Drew Goddard from? Uh, well, let's go to IMDb, he, Joe, and find didn't out. Didn't he like, direct some Buffy or Angel or some shit? Probably. They seem to have known each other. They, they wrote this film together over a weekend, basically, in yeah. three days. Oh, Dur- he's known for The Martian. Oh, there you go. The Martian. Johnny on the spot there Ew, with IMDb. The baby. Martian. Yeah, so this guy knows his stuff. He, he really does. Like this, And oh, you, you pointed out this was his first, oh, yeah. his first feature film. His directorial debut. Yeah, and it's... It's really great. But it's, how much of this do you think was co-directed by Joss Whedon? Because uh, apparently yeah. Joss also wanted to direct it I feel, and kind of let his buddy I take feel, the I helm. I mean, look at the picture you're looking at right now. Yes. Yeah. It's Joss behind the monitor and this Drew Goddard guy kind of on the side. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, Dick Cheney <laughs> yes. and George W. Yeah. Uh, so oh, I was lurking in the background. I, I Carl get, Rove, I, I guess. get the feeling that Joss Whedon directed this movie and they put Drew Goddard's name on it because this was... Wasn't this like writer strike yeah, material? You know, kind of knowing what I know now about how the rules are when it comes to who gets credited with. You know, there's a lot of gray area, but at the end of the day, they have to pick somebody, and there's yeah. all sorts of rules. So, uh, yeah, the the person whose name is on the film isn't always necessarily the person who was pulling the strings, right? Per se, mm-hmm. it, there, it, there's just too much that feels like Joss Whedon in this film. Yeah, well, uh, the humor right off the bat, the humor. But I'm talking about like beyond the writing, the way these people are directed. You know, the way they're performing, the way they're delivering. True. Like, you could tell when when Kevin Smith is directing someone, even if they're fantastic actors who have their own style, yeah. you can tell that they're doing a Kevin Smith movie. Not everybody can read his dialogue yeah. and make it sound natural. Yeah. Uh, maybe Joey Lauren Adams from just, One Chasing Amy. Just, yeah, that's, that's Just true. an example off the top that's of my true. head, you yeah. know. Jason Lee. No, Jason Lee's fantastic. 
Oh, oh! I thought you were talking about people that did his his dialogue justice. And no, I was like, no, not. So I was just trying to respect your. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> she kind of screams a lot of her dialogue in Chasing Amy. Oh, she, and, uh, the entire movie, yeah, is her screaming. And if anybody's voice you don't want to hear screaming for ninety minutes, it is Joey Lauren Adams. Mm-hmm. She sounds like she's constantly sucking helium out of balloons. Yeah, I'm not mad. <laughs> <laughs> that bitch. That's so. Listen good. to our Days and Confused episode. From that about is here. so good. So, I mean, where where do you want to start? Well, let's start with that, with the humor. Because right off the bat, uh, this movie does not start like a, a typical horror slasher flick does. Um, and in fact, they said they intentionally wrote that opening scene because they wanted people to wonder whether they had walked into the wrong oh, theater. Oh, you're talking about the part with Richard Jenkins. Yes. It's oh, like, okay. I thought you... the office or something. Yeah, yeah it is. We've got a couple of guys there. got Bradley Whitford from the West Wing. And uh-huh. uh, what else do we know him from? Studio 60. 60 on the Sunset, Sunset Strip. Strip. Basically all things Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. Uh Talking with his, his buddy Richard Jenkins and and Billy Madison. We never mentioned Billy Madison. What's who's he in Billy Madison? He's the the antagonist of the movie. Bradley Whitford. Bradley Whitford is the antagonist of Billy Madison. I keep seeing uh, the guy from Happy Gilmore because those movies oh, are Shooter so, McGavin. Shooter McGavin. <laughs> those movies are so interchangeable for me, in a good way though. Yeah, Bradley Whitford is Eric. I can't remember his last name, but he's Eric. Who's going like to get the company? Name. And Billy Madison's like. Eric! I didn't realize that was him. Yeah, dude. Well, he's also in Cabin in the Woods with the Oscar Award winner Richard, Richard Jenkins. Jenkins. And yeah, just a couple of guys talking about uh, Child childhood and like uh, <laughs> yes. drawers and cabinets. The most banal of conversations, baby proofing the house, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And then just out of nowhere, the big <laughs> the title screen comes up yeah, Cabin, Cabin in, the, in woods, the Woods with like that, that screeching sound you would uh-huh. hear. And that's the only way you know that you're watching the correct movie. Right. Uh, but then it opens up after that. It opens up on what would be a typical horror movie. Exactly. Like, oh, we meet the kids, the likable, you know. Some pop rock song playing in the background. However, Jenna, how often do you dance in an open window well, I can wearing just your, your panties and a shirt? It's been twice today already, I can attest. Okay, how typical is that of a modern day female? No. No. Not at all. <laughs> she has daddy issues. Yes. Big time. Mm-hmm. And is getting over kind of a breakup. It, it her rocked first. her world a little bit. Mm-hmm. And she's just like listening to pop music <laughs> and, and dancing in her underwear in front of an open window. Sure. Hey, you celebrate your way? That's one of the things that Did I Did it think, bug you? It does bug me. Why? It bugs me because that's the kind of shit that... And I'm not going to complain about this often because I do think that Joss Whedon's a good writer. But I do think that sometimes he does the typical male thing where he writes what a dude would write a woman doing right. instead of what a woman actually does. It's very stereotypical. Like, it's it's on the extreme of what meets that category. Mm-hmm. It's I, I'm going to put it like this, Joel. It's like uh, Made in Manhattan where oh, the maids just start dancing for no reason. I hate that. Yeah. I, I know you do. But and I had asked you while we watched this because that happens three or four times in this movie where I'm like, so Joel, but how do you feel about people dancing because for no it's reason? Different. It serves a purpose. Like if you're talking about the other two dance scenes where we see the blonde Jules, who, uh, not natural blonde, but we learn has dyed her hair. Or she's doing her strip dance. Yeah, yeah. where she's making out with the wolf on the wall and uh, doing her little, her little strip tease there. But it uh-huh. serves a purpose because it's trying to show that things are... Uh, as as Marty says, topsy turvy. Yeah, Nemo, you got to wake up, man. Your shit is topsy turvy. <laughs> Showing her libido. Yes, that's to show she has an increased libido because uh, they're all a part of this game. How much do we want to get into the plot? Because I feel like if you're listening yeah. to this episode, you've got to know this movie. You, please yeah. do yourself a favor and watch it before listening because we're going to spoil the hell out of it. And this is a film that is best going into knowing nothing. Knowing nothing, right? Yeah, and you don't even really have to like 
horror slasher flicks. When did you see this? Did you see it in the theater? I did not see it in theaters, sadly. But but this is one of these films that, like, word of mouth really kind of propelled it into the, the cult classic that it is uh-huh. today. And it was uh, probably... It had been out on video. I know that. I saw this in the theater. Uh, the radio station I was working for did Ooh. a screening of it. I had no idea what to expect other than the fact that I really like Joss Whedon. I was like, all right, cool. Let's, let's check this out. Um, and... It blew my mind. I, I, oh, I bet from from what it is, like how how it's constructed, to how it ends, um, it, it, especially as someone who watched slasher horror right. films in the eighties, like that was that was like almost religious for me. That mm-hmm. I would go. And I've talked about this a million times. Go over to Sean Murphy's house, spend mm-hmm. the night, and we watch slasher movies: Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, Friday the Thirteenth, even some of the more obscure ones, you know, Halloween. Not not that Halloween's obscure, but some of the you know the other obscure horror films, mm-hmm. and watching this, it's like, it's like a fun little Valentine's card from <laughs> a horror fan to other horror fans, and it's like okay, now what we're doing is we're making we're giving this a reason, like why is this happening? The yeah. biggest complaint horror films is like it just seems like the same thing happens over and over again. Why do we keep coming back to it? And they they gave us a reason. I love that. That that, it, that is the entire concept of the film. Like, yeah. what if all of this stuff was actually real? What if all of these horror films were actually kind of tied into the same universe? What if it was interconnected? Yes, yeah. aliens and ghosts and cybernetic killer, <laughs> killer robots, robots do exist, and and <laughs> giant gods uh, that we that we have to sacrifice virgins to. Yeah, amongst others. It's it's so cool. So that's the if 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 you don't know or just a recap. Uh, it turns out that uh, yes, all of the all of the horror films they're actually true. It's part of some uh, ritual that we have to do to keep the sleeping giant gods from awakening and destroying the universe. And they make very cryptic references to like where all of these things came from. Like um, the the Amy Acker character, who is uh, from the Chem Lab, we find out um, mentions uh, talks a little bit about oh the remnants from the old world mm-hmm. when she's explaining to the security guide like where they she was come like from. these are where nightmares came from. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What what did he say? How did he put it? He was like, "Man, it's like, it's like it's from a nightmare. It's from nightmares. It's from a nightmare." And she was like, "No, this is where nightmares came. Nightmares from. are from." Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I love that idea. I love that concept. And then they just kind of keep upping the ante and take it to the nth degree. They, they do because when you you when you're ten fifteen minutes into this movie, mm-hmm. uh, let's say when the undead family finally comes the up, Buckners, the Buckners come up. Like even at that point, you don't imagine in a million years that any of these kids are going to then end up in the lab. Like, right. they're going to make it down in the facility. It doesn't even seem like... I, yeah, the facility, I thought, was not even near them. Remote somewhere yeah. else, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess we, we kind of see it all come together, obviously, later on. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, they do a really good job in this film of slowly, like, feeding you clues. Uh-huh. And they're not... It, it's great in that it it's not dumbed down. It's not trying to explain to you, oh, well, here's what's happening. We're just going to drop you in the middle of the scene with a bunch of coworkers yeah. that are betting on what... Like, what monster, monster is going is gonna to be chosen. To, to kill these five individuals that and, they're clearly surveying. And you're right. There's a subtlety to it that when, when it happens, like, when the movie's over and mm. you start thinking about everything that happened, <laughs> yes. you're like, of course. Uh-huh. Like, that's... Of course that's what's going on. But... It's so engaging and 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 grips you from the beginning that you're already invested. And I think it goes back to what you were saying about how the movie starts with Bradley Whitford yeah. and Richard Jenkins. That it somehow it, it it makes you invest yourself in what's going on in this movie. 
that you're not trying to find the seams and you're not trying to find like yeah. the clues to what's going to happen because later on. Because it's an entertaining film in its own right. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it's one of those slasher flicks on its own and then it just kind of adds this whole other layer to it. They're all likable too. So like a lot of horror films, there's bad men. Yes, that's true. Right? So like it, when I was first watching this, I was like, oh, those aren't the bad guys. Listen to their humor. Look at And look at the sweet, right. the sweet chem lab assistant. She yeah. believes I know. in it. You're yeah. looking for the villain, like, right? There's got to be something bigger to this, but you have no idea what it is. Uh huh. That's a good point. It, it is very uh, sympathetic no one, yeah, to yeah. the characters. It makes you want to know more about the universe that these people live in. That like, okay, how do people get a job at this place? Yeah, exactly. Like, we we yeah. have that one intern. What's yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love the intern. And and I just I, I want to know like okay what what is where do you apply? Yeah, exactly. We've, we've what, got... What's orientation like in a in a company like yeah, that? First, yeah. first day where they go. We're gonna go over the four hundred one k and your benefits, and also here's the uh, purge button. Please do not push that. I think one of the most interesting parts is it's a lot of peas. When I think it's when Jules dies. Oh yeah! Right at the first the, gruesome one the, death, one of the first kills. Richard Jenkins says like this twisted yes, prayer. We were talking about this oh, today. Yeah, that's where, right. That's where you kind of get the sense that oh, this is part of like a, a some sort of religious cult. And yeah. he like kisses his necklace. He's got this necklace. Humility and fear, or in, humbleness and fear. Yeah, exactly. Like, we whoa. offer up to you, and 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 Bradley Whitford, who is up until this point been yucking it up. Yeah, gets very serious as uh-huh. well. And yeah, he's wearing that necklace that I didn't notice it until this time, and I've probably seen this film. Probably like 10 times now. I love it. Sure. Um, he's got the symbol that you see at the end. That Yeah, that they're standing on. That's yeah, exactly. keeping yeah. the old it's gods like the faith. five sickles or whatever come together. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, I recognize that now. Yeah. Dude, there are so many like little clues. This is a highly rewatchable film because you almost kind of have to watch it twice. Yeah. You watch it once just to kind of be uh, awed and, and surprising on this ride. And then the second time... Like everything, you see how it all fits together and how they're leading you down this path. Did you guys pick up on immediately, like when they're down in the basement, did you guys pick up on like they're choosing what was happening, what was going to come after them or? It wasn't until the second time. And I was like, oh, I I thought all of them were going to be intertwined, like the ballerina and the necklace. And the saw guy, the guy with the saw sticking out of his head. Yeah. 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 The orb. Uh huh. The the pinhead. <laughs> the, the yeah. I mean, it's it's totally a, a, a homage to Hellraiser in yep. the box. Corks love that guy. Through, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that guy. I love it. It's but it's and it's funny going back and watching it now because the way they're editing it together, like they're slowly as Chris Hemsworth has that globe. That yeah, orb, and he's like putting. He's he's figuring solving it out. It. Yes. yes. And oh. Uh, oh, now I can't figure out what jewels. There's like a wedding dress. It's it's and the, she's about to put a necklace on. Uh huh. What it's, is? It's the ghost. I think it's, oh. it's that it's that ghost, the bride, the yeah. one that's at the forefront of the elevator seat. Yeah, in the boxes. Yep. That's right. Yeah, no, that's right. So what you have for the first like hour of this movie is you know besides that opening with you have what seems like a typical yeah. cabin in the woods Following horror the film. Yeah, but it keeps cutting back to people in an office, mm-hmm. and it takes you a little bit to go like, why are they watching them? Like, what's going on? What's happening here? Yeah, that that first reveal after. Um, what is it? Uh, Dana is the lead uh, lead's yeah, name. Yeah, uh, realizes that there's a two way mirror in her room, and they go through that. And when they do that pullback, where you start to see the that there's a, a, a wall of TVs, mm-hmm. and they're all being monitored. Yeah, that was the first kind of like, oh shit, this isn't uh, th- this is this is going to be interconnected, right? I think part of the fun of this movie isn't just seeing like where the story goes, but like the 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 puzzle the the puzzle pieces mm-hmm. that went into like. Having them go, like, 
they were mind control and they were using the dye yes. in the hair to do mm-hmm. that. And that's how and it was. And there were vents that was like, you know, with suggestion. And the fact that you've got Marty, the star, with the greatest, Sarah said this when we watched it too, the greatest bong in the world. <laughs> oh my God. That coffee cup. Like, slash weapon. Slash Lucille. Exactly. <laughs> it's totally Lucille. Just put some like barbed wire yeah. around it. Yeah. Uh, that like, introduction as he's driving up in the car, just smoking this huge bong. With amazing. Smoke billowing a la Cheech and Chong. Yeah. Um, and you knew, like, the moment that this movie came out, that they'd start mass producing bongs like that. Like, do they? Can you I, buy one of those? Oh, now? yeah, yeah. I researched it last night after oh, we watched the movie. I was like, oh man, these sure. things are all over the place. Researched it. Um, Picture didn't happen, Joe. Fantastic character. Yeah, and I think you know that's that's kind of a natural jumping off point is to talk about Marty, M- Marty, and yeah. I mean everybody. This is a likable cast. Like the people that they cast in these roles are all likable. They're all charismatic. Even the what you would probably consider the stereotypical blonde bimbo character, yeah, for the short time that we have her in this movie, <laughs> is is engaging. Yeah, like, they're they're all likable people. I love the interplay that they have at the beginning when they're in Dana's room and uh, she's she's packing and uh, the, her blonde friend Jules uh, looks and you've got books, you're packing these books. Yes, and then Chris, Chris Hemsworth, the what boyfriend, if I get comes bored? in. Who taught yeah, you these this? These are going to help. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. learned it from you. He's like, where did you get these? No, no, who gave you these? <laughs> They're doing kind of a play on that uh, PSA. I learned yeah. it from watching you, Dad. I learned it from watching you. I love it. But super interesting to find out like that the Chris Hemsworth character who comes running in with his football and throws right. it. But you find out like he's a sociology he's a major. Sociology uh-huh. major, yeah. Uh, and, and it comes back to later somebody says, like, we work with what we've got. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't want to get too far ahead with that, but it's... That's how Marty the, starts figuring the it out. layers of the character and the mm-hmm. fact that, yeah, Marty... Is like able through him. He's he's the closest thing I think that we truly have to an avatar for the audience. Yes, absolutely. Uh, oh, and he kind of speaks the theme of the film in that scene at the beginning in the Winnebago. I guess as they're driving up to the cabin, uh-huh. he starts talking about society. And and uh, I, I, it wasn't until the third or fourth viewing where I really kind of listened. It was like, oh, he's he's basically laying out the thesis of the film. Nobody has the balls to just let the world yeah. Reset. He's like talking about it's going to crumble and we're just kind of filling in the cracks and yeah, nobody has the balls to just let it die. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens at the end of this movie. Uh, by the way, we should mention Sarah uh, enjoyed this film with us. I'm saying enjoyed. I don't know that she actually did maybe as much as we did. It was, it was funny after it was done she's like, I don't think I need to see it again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that kind of broke my heart a little bit. I know, I, I like, could tell. I love this movie. This is... But I totally understand for somebody because I didn't grow up with slasher flicks either. It's a hard watch. There are some hard scenes, especially the bear claw that oh uh, Papa gosh. Buckner, uh, the zombified redneck Man. torture family father, uh, is carrying around. It's a redneck zombie family, I think. A redneck torture zombie Blue family. family. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, There's a very distinction. Not the zombie. Exactly. That's something different <laughs> as we learn. That's a great scene. Is they're betting so much humor. And the intern. Yeah, splits the pot. Andrew from uh, from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, yeah, of course. Yes. Joss Whedon always finds a way to get his players oh, yeah. into his uh, films. It's a weird dynamic, and something that they balance that I, whether it's Joss Whedon or Drew Goddard or mm-hmm. both, but it's a, a weird dynamic where they balance all of that. Because we talked about, and, and Jenna had mentioned, you know that Bradley Whitford and Richard Jenkins likable characters, yeah. so you don't imagine that they're bad guys that they're, and they're not. No, you know, when you, you they're the know, ultimate good guys. You, if you look at you it, you look at this movie and from it's a like, certain point of view. From a certain point of view, uh, but like there, like even to the very end, where Richard Jenkins looks at at, at Dana and motions to Kurt and is like, or, or not Kurt to Marty and says, "Kill him." Yes, that like we are trying to protect what we've got right now. She We're trying to does. keep the old gods from coming back up. 
so yeah, like everybody's everybody's kind of doing their thing and trying to, to for the for the betterment of mankind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's it's funny. Like the twist is really interesting. What's uh, what's happening here? Would you have done the same thing? Uh, I probably would have shot Marty. Jenna, what about she you? She didn't have time though. The werewolf got her. No way, well, yeah, but she she hesitated. That was the problem. Yeah, he let the werewolf get. Him. I don't know if I could do that. No, Mm-mm. yeah. <laughs> like she says the same thing at the end too. She's like, "Sorry, shoot, I almost shot you. I, would I probably, probably wouldn't shoot have." Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. Yeah. Sigourney that's, Weaver got her own. That's what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. I thought she was going to shoot Sigourney. Do Weaver that psych instead. out and just kind of turn at the last minute and yeah. go. Uh huh. No, uh, patience. Buckner gets her. especially with the with the way that it's staged. That she's already like yep. Sigourney Weaver's there. We set it up. Yeah. So like, boom. I just deflection. wouldn't trust that storyline. I mean, you know, it's great for a movie, but I. Wouldn't. What more proof do you need, though, if you're living that experience? And you yeah. look, you look down, and you see all this red smoke. <laughs> It's got to be the ancient gods. I'd be like Puppeteers. that, or it's Disney. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be like, Disney's able to do stuff. Be like, like that. We got some smoke machine down there. That's like... where Tinkerbell lives. Uh, the uh, the hints that you're talking about, stuff that uh, that you go back and watch, and you're like, oh, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when you think that Marty has been killed. Yeah, and it was so funny watching oh, this yeah. with Sarah, who hadn't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. And like right off the bat, she's talking about the Marty character, and she's like, "Please tell me he doesn't die. Yes, please tell me he he lasts to the end." And to which yeah. I wanted to answer, and this is this is good advice I think for we anybody. All wanted to, yeah. Going in, well, it's easier watching this film a second time because it, mm-hmm. it's it's hard when you get emotionally invested. This is why I can't watch The Walking Dead or Game of Thrones. I can't get emotionally invested in characters and then watch them just systematically be offed. But if you go into this film the second time and you realize, oh, everybody dies. At, literally everybody, everybody dies, dies at the end of this film. Uh, then it's kind of inconsequential what happens to some poor but little But at blog, that right? point, only, only Jules had died, correct? That's right. So mm-hmm. I didn't think, like, I, there, if, if like three other people had died, I would have been like, he's gone. Come up on that mic a little bit, oh, baby. Yeah, sorry really, about yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think what it, it speaks to is the, the going back to the casting of this movie a little bit. Uh, the guy who plays Marty obviously steals. He steals the show. Love that guy. He's so likable. You know, he's like super so ripped. Well written. He's like super ripped in real life. Like apparently, he's got like abs of steel. You could tell when they finally yeah. get that little jacket off of him. Yeah, and he saves her the when scene, she's on the pier. The scene when they're all jumping in the lake. Yeah, he's the only one who doesn't do it, and they had to keep his clothes on because they thought it would be out of character <laughs> how built that little guy is. Yeah. Can we just talk about his name for a second? Yeah. Fran Kranz. Fran Kranz. That's a power name right there. That's awesome. Is that his real name? Fran Kranz. He was in uh, uh, Dollhouse, right? Dollhouse and uh, Much Ado About Nothing. Also, Joss Whedon. Wait, he was in Much Ado About Nothing? That's right. He was. Yeah. He was in Much Ado About Nothing. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that version. It's it's I can't go back and rewatch it quite that much. Yeah, you like it better than the Kenneth Branagh? No, I like the Kenneth Branagh one a little bit more. I think so too. For me, um, it's always weird when they try to modernize Shakespeare, mm-hmm. a la Romeo and Juliet by Baz Luhrmann. Uh, although, Man, that one is like that's a fucking acid trip. It well coming soon to an episode of the editing bay. I think by the we've way. had a discussion about this, like the beginning of Moulin Rouge, the first ten minutes of minutes. Moulin Rouge. This is exactly what I told Jenna, like, didn't I? It's ridiculously frantic, and you're like, "Well, uh, it's okay, a test. So it's, it's like if you can make it through this, then you'll be okay." <laughs> yeah, and it finally finds its pace, and you're like, "Oh, this is a charming movie. I really like this." But watching the first fifteen minutes, I get so I anxious. almost walked out. I'm like, I can't handle this. That's kind of <laughs> that's kind of how. It's kind of how it feels uh, with uh, Romeo, and uh, Romeo and Juliet. Oh, yeah. It's like, but for two hours, <laughs> for two hours, it's all this. <laughs> the 
boys, the boys. Uh, yes. Like, quit it Please with the MTV. Slow down. And let's tell a story. Because visually, you're doing some awesome stuff. But I love his style. I, I do like his style it's for distinct. the most part. Yeah. Have you seen Australia? Uh, I have uh, the the continent or the film. The film, <laughs> neither. I guess. Yeah, I could say, not good. No. Well, he's, but still, he's in the he's in the black, right? He's not quite in the red as far as his his <laughs> wow, body of work what? goes. He's, <laughs> yeah, he um he's got more up thumbs he ups likes that, than he thumbs likes downs. That brown sugar. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to make an Aborigine oh, joke, go but for I just it, go for it, it yeah. Please, they're called Aborigines. <laughs> but without that, without that brain, we'd never have the, the elephant medley from Moulin Rouge, which I showed Jenna, and then never I was like, forget. you don't need to see the rest of the film. Yeah. That's pretty it's, much it's the highlight. It's the best part. Because and you can that, tell everybody. After that part, everything goes downhill yeah. on Moulin Rouge. A lot of drama. A lot of crying. It is a lot of drama. Oh, look, a froggy. I do like that part. You don't want to miss that part. No. Um, yeah. No. This man. This is a fun ride. It's a it's fun a ride. Super fun ride. But Joe does not go without uh, some niggles that I have. Some minor niggles. <laughs> some some quirks. Uh, okay. I have, I have why questions. don't we go with quirks? Especially. To why cut, did you do? Why that part? Did that's you a say that's that? a okay, word in the English dictionary. Come on, guys. We're all adults here. When you watch it re- with repeated viewings, um, there's some things that maybe don't hold up to scrutiny as much. Uh, and the one I mentioned last night when we watched, which is the Buckner, the Buckner family, the yeah. zombified redneck torture family. Uh-huh. It's awfully convenient that it's their cabin. You know, it's it's we find out that, oh, there's the black room where he tortured, you know, where uh, when Dana's reading Patience's diary about her arm being et. Uh-huh. Um, and it's like, that's their that's their cabin in the woods. It's the Buckner families. How would that have played out if one of the other monsters or demons were... I imagine that it would have played out differently. Like if at the Merman, we've we established there's a lake there. There's a lake there. All there's right. yeah. a, a giant snake. So it all is part of this facility, <laughs> and everybody has their even even the saw the the Hellraiser saw guy. Yeah, I, I feel like I, there's there's a way to make it work. I Seems, think the death would still happen on that property because <clears throat> of the force field. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying they don't have as nicely tied in a story as far as the cabin <laughs> itself goes. Yeah, but they've obviously done the rock fall a bunch of times because that. That didn't go well. Oh, yeah. the uh, the blowing up the, the tunnel. Blowing up the yeah. tunnel, yeah. That doesn't happen. Uh, Dude, that's my that's another complaint, too. I feel like they show their hand a little bit too early with that shot where we see the van the bird? Dr- oh. after they've had the encounter with, I agree. The, with the harbinger. I agree. Which we have to talk about as well. Morty. Yeah. Um, the, going through the tunnel and the eagle hitting the uh, honeycomb okay, force yeah, field. The bird yeah. hitting, yeah. It shouldn't have been as obvious. Yeah. Like, it should have yeah. been like they went in the tunnel and keep it on a lockdown shot. They go in the mm-hmm. tunnel and we maybe see a bird just yeah. and, like, fall. Instead of this electrified honeycomb. Yeah. yeah. Jenna, what did you think? Because this was your first time seeing Well, you've seen it twice now within the last seven days. What, what, what did you think was awesome. going on? Yes, thank you. It is. That's why I married you. Uh, what did you think was going on when you saw that bird? Thank you. Um, You're welcome. welcome. Well, no, that's the first. (laughs) Wow. Okay, Joe has an excuse. He has a child. (laughs) Hey, I'm I'm a child at heart. I love Moana just as much as the next forty year old. I I thought it happened. I thought it happened too soon. Um, That's the minute that I started looking at the lab differently and looking at them differently. Uh So you immediately then know that they're probably not the bad guys, or there's something bigger going on. When do you feel like you had it all figured out? Oh gosh. Exactly. Right up until. That scene in the elevators. Pro- probably, yep. yeah. Where we yep. see the yeah. glass cubes yep. at the same time that our characters figure it out. Yep. Which is a testament to how, how great this film is. Right. Uh, no, yeah. go, I want to go back real quick 
because you know you talked about how convenient it is for the it to be the Buckner's home yeah. and the thing is we've we've seen throughout the course of the film that they can manipulate like what's going on what's in the house what's mm-hmm. and and all I'm saying is what's to say that they can't manipulate like what the basement looks like when that monster is chosen or oh, whatever okay when they go down into the basement are we in the matrix be, now? it could be something else it's like holograms we, we kind of are because they're able to change, they're able to like put electrical shocks, so you don't have yeah. like they're able to manipulate you uh, a million ways. But we saw that it, I mean, it's not like fifty year in the future technology. In fact, it kind of looks like the Dharma Initiative from Lost. Yeah. Like everything looks like it was built in the seventies, yeah. right? And it's just kind of been retrograded uh-huh. with modern technology. They're still using for, CRT it, TVs for, for the invisible wall. That's <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah, maybe we're uh, using alien technology or which... old god technology. Yeah, yeah. that. I want to know which nightmare creature Kurt's cousin became because what happened to him if he's even real? If there's even a cousin. And so this is another question that I have. They're like, staging the house. How far back does this go? Well, and no, and you know what? I was asking Sarah that same thing. I was mm-hmm. like, you know, when we were driving home, I was like, you know, I'm really interested in knowing how, did how far Chris... back does this go? When were they chosen? Yes, because Chris Hemsworth yeah. obviously got this group together, this, mm-hmm. these five individuals that fit the archetype, the whore, the athlete, the scholar, the fool, and then and the virgin. Holden is like the, the late edition. Yeah. Doesn't Dana say at some point, like, I didn't even think Kurt had a cousin? Yes, at the very yeah. end. Yeah, the end. They're smoking, smoking their the last J. cigarette. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's not a cigarette. That's yeah. right. It's a marijuana I cigarette. Yes. Yeah. So I, I'm curious as well. How far back does this go? When were they chosen? Mm-hmm. Why were they chosen? We see that there's a guy standing on their on her roof as yeah. they drive away in the Winnebago. Yeah, he's like, they're on the move. The nest is, the, the nest is empty. Yeah. yeah. The eagle has landed. Yeah. The foot is down. Um, and should then, I yeah, stay they, or should they, I go? <laughs> nice. Then they drive to the uh, the gas station. That's right. Where we meet Mordecai. Where we meet Mordecai. The Harbinger. Who's uh, my favorite like throwaway oh, character. Hey, Morty, baby. Ah, oh, Morty. So funny. Love that scene. Where he just starts going off and he's like, the eyes of the... the what, yeah. what does he the, say? The, the, the fools, they see nothing of the horrors ahead. <laughs> he's like, and he's like, I'm still on speakerphone. I'm on speakerphone, aren't I? Right. You got me on speakerphone. I can hear the echo. Oh, shit. You know what, Morty? I do. Hold on. All right, fix. And then he just goes back into his That's spiel. so yeah. rude. <laughs> Meanwhile, we've got uh, yeah, Richard Jenkins and the uh, Amy Acker character listening in. Yeah. And again, this is one of the first things I told Jen. I was like, this movie has a wicked sense of humor. And that's very Joss Whedon of him. Mm-hmm. But all the way up to the scene, which uh, I think you and I agree is one of our favorite scenes, where um, everybody's celebrating. We yes. think they've oh, it's saved such a the world. Oh, it's well-constructed scene, They've man. killed uh, four out of the five. Uh, they, the so the they Winnebago think... just crashed into the lake. That's right. <laughs> and she's... The goddamn plane she's has crashed, crashed into the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to our Big Lebowski episode from 2016. Man, she probably kidnapped herself, oh, New man. shit has come to life, man. <laughs> <laughs> that did not occur to us, dude. Yes, the Winnebago crashes into the water. We've got one of the zombie redneck torture family members yes. uh, on board. Uh-huh. And uh, the, the day has been won, and all of the uh, office workers Everyone's are celebrating. celebrating, yeah. And, uh, but we still have on the monitors, these three large monitors behind them where they're partying. Uh-huh. Um, the, the the live feed for multiple angles and we're of what's happening to poor Dana. Like discussions from people that work in the office. There's the one nerdy guy trying to hit on the hot chick. He's <laughs> yes. like, I've uh, got tickets to the uh, Rangers I, game. I, I, no, I hear Tuesday. you like the ballet. She just starts so walking away. To the, oh. <laughs> We've got Marty the in- No, not Marty. What's the intern's name? I don't remember. Billy or something. Billy yeah. the intern. Who cares? It's the intern. He yeah. is the intern. 
But I, I kind of let... He's my favorite new side character that I've noticed watching this. I'm an intern, in. so I'm not eligible for PTO. <laughs> yeah. That's what he says. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Just but like... While that's shit. going on, while these conversations are going on, we are seeing Dana getting just pelted horrible images horribly she's like vomiting blood why didn't they see marty on the cameras at all in between that time that's a good point he was just like lying flat somewhere camouflage i think he was lying well the thing was i think that they he was dead yeah he was dead so they weren't (laughs) tracking him anymore and well yeah which leads me to another question i have about the how this world works so every time a, a character is killed Every time a character dies, an, an angel, angel gets, gets his wing. Um, we <laughs> see an old, wa- an, uh, <laughs> an old an yeah. old god gets a blood sacrifice. Oh my god! We see um, almost like hieroglyphics. We see this wood or this uh, stone carving yeah. of like the shape of the archetype that they are, and we see blood start filling in the the cracks. Yeah, after some weird Rube Goldberg device like destroys yeah, a vial with a bunch of gears, yeah, and then like yeah. yeah, the vial of blood goes down into a platter, and yeah, it's it's all really very cool intricate. set design. For I that. like it. Like, the production mm-hmm. design. Yeah, he's got so a pull Pull the lever to make it happen. So, is that supposed to be their blood? Is that literally like... I think it's just supposed to represent their blood. That's what I thought, too. Which, if that's the case, like, couldn't they have... Like, do they really have to die? Like, if they already have the blood, can't they just sacrifice? But but remember... The gods are watching. Remember, the gods are watching. Yeah, exactly. I did it in college, for Christ's sake. Guys, they said that it has to... Remember? Okay. So, when... Before Jules dies, she's having sex with uh, Chris Hemsworth... That's right. in, ...in the forest... And they're like, come on, show us the boobies. Yeah. And I yeah. can't remember, was it um, it's, it's the like, Truman character? It's the security guy. He's like, give them what they want. Come on, man. And he's like, it's not us. You yeah. know, We're it's, not the only ones watching. We're not the only ones watching. And uh, and so that's to fulfill the, the <laughs> being a whore, like the characteristic of being the whore. But I'm saying like... I know, it's just funny to hear you say it's those just words. There, she's having to fulfill that characteristic. And so she when she shows her tits... That's when they can pull the lever. That satisfies it. Yeah. They can now kill her and then... Ugh. That's yeah. when Hadley says, give them what they want. Yeah. And that's yeah. when I was like, who's them, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they because make a little the whole time references. you're thinking like some uh, like like people are watching from like yeah. oh, like an audience like the Truman Show. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was like I told Joel that I um, compared it to Hostel at first. Like people were paying to watch oh, this, yeah. uh-huh. like give them what they want. Right. Spoiler yeah. like, alert for Hostel. Hostel's oh my god! Older than this movie. <laughs> yeah, is. I don't even remember how old I was when I saw that. Oh my god! I no hope spoiler you were alert. Over seventeen. Hopefully, <laughs> you're watching a rated R movie, Jenna. Yeah. Oh. Definitely not. Uh, yeah, what no, your father say? But uh, it's I th- it's blood that represents them. Okay, that's what I thought. The the cool like, again a, a cool hint that you catch the second time through is when they think Marty's dead and they hit his lever. Yeah. And as the blood is starting to go through that hieroglyph, like everything starts the shaking. The ground starts like to shake. like an earthquake because the gods know mm-hmm. he's not dead. And that's when we get the call from the director. Yes. Call from, from upstairs. the red phone. Exactly. That's the bat so phone. fucking amazing. I love that. She's like, what? Did you recognize her voice, by the way? Sarah the did. Time? I didn't. You didn't the first time? No, I didn't. Jenna, did you recognize no, her voice? No, but Sarah said it to me last night. She's like Sigourney Sarah. Weaver. Mm-hmm. She went, is that Sigourney Weaver? Yeah. I was like, how the Fuck! Did you pimp? And I yet? love her reveal too because it's like just at the point where I was already loving this movie. I didn't think it'd get better, and then it's like, oh, of course, yeah, they got. Uh, and then like a power skirt. There is no set. Dana, <laughs> like in high heels with like, black gloves. I believe. Yeah, it's like Devil Wars Prada. Yeah, she was like her. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> um, I also like the fact that uh, we get a glimpse that this isn't just happening. <coughs> this isn't just happening in the U.S. 
it's happening worldwide. Yeah. And he, there's references right from the very first scene talking about, oh, um, who is it? Is it Turkey? Somebody no, failed. Not, Somebody it's, just failed. It's, I don't know if oh, it's uh, Turkey. Sweden or <laughs> Stockholm or something. Oh, that's right. They talk about the Swede. They're like, Swedes never get it. Like, yep. But apparently Japan has a 100% rating. Yep, like unbroken they, record. Yeah. And they're like, we're number two. Yep. And we start to see it later with the, on uh, some of the other monitors inside the facility. Yes. We see... Uh, they show Brazil, and there's like a some sort of King Kong looking yeah, monster, it's a, giant, a giant ape. But it's well, it's lying dead, and the, the words "fail" are on the screen. And then what are some of the other ones? Um, so there's the giant monster. There's a fire. There's yeah, like a huge fire. Like a jet flying overhead. Um, shit. I but can't then the remember. one that is that hasn't failed is still in progress. You see Kyoto. Yeah, and it's this really creepy shot, like the ring, the chick from yes. the ring, like a little girl like floating with the, like the long hair inside of a, a schoolhouse with a bunch of little like Japanese schoolgirls. Yes, she's like screaming for their lives, and I'm like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> There's like five eight year olds, and yeah. they win. Yes, and then finally, that's the reveal later. <laughs> no mortalities too. Like they, they, none of them were killed. Yes, the next time we see them, like they're somehow sucking the spirit of that ghost <laughs> into a little frog, and then they're all celebrating. And I love the shot. We cut back. We see it's <laughs> Richard, Richard Jenkins, Jenkins watching, watching on the monitor. And he, fuck you! Fuck you! <laughs> like flipping up these little girls. I love I that just performance. Expect it by now. <sighs> uh, uh, but but Jenna brought up a good point. So. They're clearly not sticking to like the five archetype. Like, where's their horror? Well, no, and their it's, fool it's, and... I think it's the different archetypes for those cultures. For different cultures, because right? Because if you watch Japanese horror films, mm-hmm. like there are archetypes to the people that are in those horror films oh, as yeah? well. Little Japanese schoolgirls, yeah, Japanese schoolgirls, and each one of them would have a personality hmm. that would ultimately lead them to, uh, <laughs> to to be hunted down. No, and and it reminds me of this anime called Corpse Party. Hmm. And they fit those those characteristics. Oh, interesting. So that is that, right. it is it is culturally uh, accurate. Well, so far you've uh, answered all of my questions. I think. Wow. I no longer have nickels. You have. N- <laughs> that, well, it's illegal. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> there was this emancipation proclamation. <laughs> I don't listen to hip hop. <laughs> wow. Uh, listen to our South Park. No, we haven't done South Park. We have not done South Park. Now you're just advertising films that we've never done. Coming up on a future episode. (laughs) You've got some good points that you're bringing up, like some of your your criticisms. Thank you. Um, I know. Mine aren't quite as uh, profound as yours. I think my criticism come in the form of, again, you know, uh, the girl dancing in her panties in her open-windowed apartment. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the girl who starts making out with the severed head of a wolf. Yeah, it seemed a little unnecessary. And we both said that, too. And it's not hot. Yeah, no, everyone's like, whoa, boner patrol. It, w- <laughs> it was disturbing, and I think maybe that's the sole reason it's still in this film because the f- I remember watching it the first time, just waiting for something to happen. Like, yeah. I was like, this is it. The moment's gonna happen. She's making out with it. It's gonna fucking bite her face off, and then it's game on. Mm-hmm. I think they tried a little bit too hard to say, oh, her libido's increased. Like, yeah. Well, and then first we s- of all, Chem Lab Girl already says it. Yes, it's literally said out loud. And like, then we see her again later, like dancing in front of the fire, yeah. all seductive when uh, Marty <laughs> Mar- calls it up. Like, Marty's like, this is classy. Yeah. <laughs> you have a husband's bulge. Dude, he has some of the best one-liners yeah. in here. And I love how he's constantly like the common sense, like the voice of the audience. Yeah. When like the cellar door flips open and it's like, that's probably just the wind, yeah. Chris Hedberg and, says. And that makes what kind of sense? <laughs> like, guys, I'm drawing a line in the sand here. <laughs> do, do not, not read, read the line. Which is <laughs> reading the book. I like where he dares, he's like, I dare, dare all of you, you to, to go upstairs. upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he called it from the beginning. Yeah. And I also like how they, they, they 
right off how he was not affected by all of the other chemicals that uh, everybody else <laughs> yeah, is affected built by. built immunity. That's right. From the, from the, the, from weed. the weed. You know, I didn't notice that as much the first time around, him hearing the voices. Oh, yeah? The suggestions, hey, go do this, go do that. Go for and, a walk. and I like how he's like, fuck you, man. Yeah, yeah. you're going to tell me what to do. Somebody, do my little puppet dance? I'm going to go for a walk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do the puppet dance. Ultimately ends up doing what the voices were telling him yeah. to anyway. Yes. But it had to be on his own court. Man. Mm-hmm. I just want to watch this movie. Again. It's so fun, man! It's a short. It was an it's hour, an hour and a half. It's ninety five minutes, minutes long. Ninety four percent with critics on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, although seventy four percent with audiences, which I'm like, Ooh, really? Eh. I can see how you go in expecting. Maybe you want to see like a, a typical slasher flick, and mm-hmm. then this end, ends up being a little too heady, and maybe a little too far out for some audiences. I, I guess so, but I, I don't know how you market it without giving it away, right? So I, I think. I see, and I feel like it, it isn't. Like, once you kind of get the point of what's happening in this movie, it doesn't seem like it's like a, a high thinker. It's just different. Yes. It's outside the box, which is cool. Uh, but there's nothing complicated going on yeah, in this film. Yeah. I, if Like, you guys knew who Joss Whedon was, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. I, I think when it came out, I, I thought it was a typical, like, horror yeah, like Saw in a cabin. Right? Yeah, they're, like, in a cabin and something bad happens to them. And... Because that's all you can market it, without showing... yeah. Even the, even the design on the cover is just like I mean, there's nothing. Yeah. Actually, I do like the design of the cover. I, I love it because right. it's the house, oh, it's the cabin, it, but... but it's like a puzzle piece. Like it could be adjusted. But again, like Innuendo. it just looks like the normal horror flick. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. agreed. I want to talk about how this uh, the film, while it it kind of turns all the tropes on its ear, mm-hmm. it still it still falls victim to some of the tropes. Uh, one of which that Sarah pointed out was like. The, they go running into the trailer or the, the Winnebago or whatever that is clearly unlocked. Yeah. And they don't see the big bloody handprint on the outside. <laughs> hey, yeah. fight or flight, Joe. You know, you don't pay attention to details. I don't know, man. When you got a zombie. I don't know. When you've got a zombie killer family coming after you, like, I'm going to check every corner, every nook, <laughs> because they've already proven that they can pop up out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, and so I found the fact that they didn't, that they didn't clear the Winnebago, like the inside, make sure that everything was clear. I find that unbelievable, but also, it's not like it's not like the 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 Buckners displayed subtlety up to this point. <laughs> exactly, they so weren't like, sneaking around. Why and hiding? the fuck is suddenly like this this fucking thing waited? He waits until, until the opportune they moment. Parked, and then Kurt tries to take the motorcycle yep. and jump the. And again, that does suffer from the fact that they fucking we know what's going to happen out yep. for us we yeah. know what's going to happen that's yeah. what i think they should have removed that shot of the yeah. eagle hitting yeah. the uh, force field so that yeah. would have been that would have been a surprise i wonder if there's a version of this movie that had first come out where they didn't have the that eagle that seems like something that a focus group would and have the complained thing, about and then kurt hit the wall and people were like why where did that where, come where from where did that come from that yeah. seems a little uh, a little convenient that that wall was there yeah although i got to admit there is something uh, on subsequent viewings there's something kind of naughty and fun about knowing what's, <laughs> knowing about, what's to happen. about to happen especially the way they play the scene he's all heroic he's like well, I'm going to go on. I'm going to get help. And, and we're going to bring helicopters and, helicopters and big, big fucking guns. guns. <laughs> we're going to make them pay for what they did to Jules. And then like 90 seconds later, he's just fucking falling on his bed. There's the athlete for you. Yeah. But the fact that like they're not sneaking around up to this point. Yeah, the, you know, maybe the Buckners. Patience kind of tries to sneak up on Marty while he's ha- taking mm-hmm. a piss in the front. <laughs> But, which is fucking great when Chris Hemsworth turns around and just fucking clotheslines. Yes, like, yeah. <laughs> that scene does not go how you think it's going to go. No, as Luke Skywalker in, would say. In very, in, this is not going to go. <laughs> um, there, there, there are a few times where like 
Kurt gets away when they kill Jules, and we figure Kurt's done for. Nope. And he shows up. Yeah. These guys, though, you saw the Evil Dead remake, right? Yeah. Uh, no, I haven't seen the remake. Oh, you haven't? No. Okay. I think it's a little too intense even there, for there, me. Dude, it is super intense. Yeah. Uh, but there's a character who kind of goes through the same shit that, like, Kurt and Marty do in this movie, where they get, like, stabbed. Like, Marty gets, like... Yeah, he a, should be dead. He gets a knife in his fucking spine... Yet he pulls it out and is able to like fight his way, you know, fight his way back. Dude, Dana D- should be dead like ten times over. Oh, what that poor Dana. girl's gone through. <laughs> I love that. Whenever we think someone's down and out, mm-hmm. uh, except for Jules, <laughs> she she does come back <laughs> yes. in the form of just a head, just parts of her, <laughs> one part specifically. But but, uh, but no, it's it's cool to see like when Kurt shows back up mm-hmm. and you know that there there are some fun surprises. But like getting back to my original point. It does fall victim to some of the usual tropes, too. Like the fact that, you know, this zombie suddenly is sneaking around yeah. and decides to kill Holden while they're driving. I will forgive that because it's worth it for that jump scare that you do not see coming. Yeah, they set it up early with the bloody handprint yeah. on the on the Winnebago, but you forget about it. By the time you forget about it, there he is with a sickle through his neck. It happens twice, though. It happened where they're down in the basement and they're trying to figure out what's going on. Like they get down in the basement as the Buckners are invading. Yep. And fucking Holden just like walks clearly across like where there's an open hole mm-hmm. and, the bear and gets trap the bear comes. trap in his back. Yep. And I kind of felt like, man, I felt like this movie was smarter than that. Like, th- th- why this happened just because it was convenient for the story. <laughs> he should have been more and careful. He's so, and he's a scholar. Yeah, exactly. He's the egghead with the glasses. Well, Joe, I think you can agree uh, that one thing this film does have going for it that makes it head and shoulders above other films of this ilk uh-huh. uh is one of my favorite scenes in, in not only this film, but maybe oh my God. all films. Oh, yeah. The elevator scene? The elevator scene. Yes. yes they, the elevator lobby. When they finally... Well, that whole bit. That sequence. Where, where they take the elevator down, mm-hmm. and we start to see like the the enormity of what it is that they found themselves in the middle of. Right. When she makes that, that realization that... You know, they made us choose. Yeah. They made us choose what killed us. She sees the saw guy head. And, yeah, and they start to pan back. And they're in that elevator. They pan back, and you see, like, all, all the little different cubes. monsters and yes. stuff. Yes. Oh, it's so great. Like Holy that ding shit. scene, right when it dings, right before oh, when the, the SWAT guys <laughs> are there. When they're purging. That's like the, remember I called it, like, Hollywood Squares of Death. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Seriously. Everyone's a loser. Yeah. But oh you don't know God. what's coming out of which square. Although, I, I, I mentioned the other day, like, why would they have that button? Why is there a big red button yeah, that says why purge? Is there? Why is that even a possibility? That's like the yeah. do not push group button. Like, yeah, exactly. You, that t- should, you tape it. First of all, it should be behind some glass. <laughs> yes, yes. Don't push this one. <laughs> <laughs> then why put the button on the device? Uh, no, I agree with you. It, and if you were going to have a button like that, it yeah. would be like in the control room, yeah. not just outside right. in the elevator. And For you probably need like, to like bump into like two people to like turn a key and set it off like a nuclear missile at the exact yeah. same time. Uh, but thank God that they do have that button because, oh my God, that is one of my favorite scenes. I watched that scene. I rewound it and we, watched it we and froze focused. It too. Yeah, and if you look at a different elevator bank every time, yeah, it, it's worth rewatching it ten times. It's super satisfying, and here's the reason why it's not a problem that they have that purge button mm-hmm. because it's what the audience wants. Yeah, because when we see them go down in that elevator and we see all the different monsters. I think there's a piece of all of us that goes, oh, I wish we could have seen that. Mm-hmm. I wish we could have seen mm-hmm. that. 
And the fact that when they're in that thing and we see that purge button, uh-huh. we're too busy going, yeah, you get to see all right, all of it. here we go, boom. I love it. Uh, and so, yeah, we, we are ready for them to open that Pandora's box <laughs> and, and see those things go loose. What's your favorite of that, yeah, of that who's scene? Yeah, cre- who's your favorite nightmare creature? That's what I want to know yeah. for I, both of you. I like the, uh, what do they call them, the, the, um, the no, goblins? No, you can't take mine. All right, well, what's yours? <laughs> I'll, well, I'll tell you the... Uh, the I think it's the snake. I don't know. what You just see one of the elevator banks. You see uh, like a tentacle reach out and grab and one of the guys. Grab, yes. And then you see like gallons of blood just like pouring <laughs> out of the elevator. I have no idea what's happening in there, but uh-huh. the imagination goes wild. Man. What's yours? The unicorn. <laughs> the oh my fucking, gosh, yes. He stabs it. The fucking unicorn <laughs> is the that one out. greatest yeah. Uh, just the fact that it's chasing a dude and just impales him. And, and like unicorns are supposed to be yes, magical exactly. and They're fun. supposed to be wonderful creatures. Not deadly. <laughs> so I wanted to know like what would have been what would have been that like yeah. what what would have awoken the unicorn mm-hmm. with the and merman Ocarina. being a close second. Yeah, that merman is great. Well, especially <laughs> the way they're cool. they're setting it up the entire film. Poor yeah, Bradley Whitford. Yeah. Once he's so disappointed when uh, he he loses the you never got to see the merman <laughs> and he does and I just love how he's like oh man, man. <laughs> and then blood spurts out of the blowhole that's my favorite practical effect well and they and they tease that at the beginning beginning too because Richard Jenkins says something along the lines of dude the cleanup on those is just ridiculous. <laughs> it's a mess yeah yeah well all right baby what was your favorite oh I like the goblins in the background that are ripping people in half oh yeah they're yeah. called the dismemberment goblins yeah. <laughs> Is that true? That's their names? Uh-huh. That's funny. According man. to the director. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I was reading about it, and he said they just have smiles on their faces, ripping people in half, <laughs> and it makes them extremely happy. He doesn't know why. And that makes me happy. There should be... I, I should he, probably like, look up He, spins around his upper torso. I was like, what is that happening in the very back? <laughs> yes. Just somebody ripping somebody in half, and then blood <laughs> just squirting everywhere. <laughs> right into the camera. But there's two of them, and they're, they're yeah. buddies. Yeah. Honorable mention goes to the uh, killer robot, I think, with the buzzsaw <laughs> hands. <laughs> Mostly because yeah. of the sound design. The noise that that thing is making yeah. is horrifying. Oh, yeah. But that ballerina was straight up disturbing. Dude, with the, the teeth in the face. The ballerina is I mean, so like, disturbing. I could, I don't have nightmares, but I could possibly have a nightmare about her. <laughs> Man, there's so much. Uh, uh, I would love to read a wiki on this about right? like, all the monsters and what they were and what their origins were mm-hmm. and what would have activated them. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been sweet. what makes a unicorn bad. What yeah. makes a ballerina bad. Well, the, the the face full of teeth. Yeah, but where did she get those teeth? <laughs> like, I, you want the yeah, origin story? I want the origin story. Like how Patience yes. had her story. Yeah. I want to know the story of yes. everything else. Yeah. yeah. Well, save it for the sequel. Cabin, another cabin in the woods. Actually, I guess it would have to be a prequel, wouldn't it? Yeah. That that doesn't end in the same way. I You know, here's... Um, Here's here's what I want to know. They they talked about how well we just need to let the next generation have their chance. Yeah. Or the next, but like if it's the old gods, like who, and it ends the world. Right. What what nice what does generation. that mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who's I'm, again, another thing I'm unclear of about this movie. Like the rules are like where because it's only alluded to. They talk about this old world and the old realm where everything. You know, we've got magic and gods, but also robots. Yeah. I I I want to. <laughs> There's there is kind of a, a sick part of me that wants to know what happens next after that big yeah that that big hand comes up out of the the woods like what is that happening like? in Japan as well and in Brazil like are all these things like now coming back up out of the ground yeah, how many of them are there yeah what happens I want to know more because Sigourney Weaver tells a tale that uh, is not not very happy no <laughs> no and and I guess I regret that that Sigourney Weaver you've got a, a wonderful character uh, with Sigourney Weaver who 
is only gets like four minutes of screen time. Yeah. And, and I get it. I get that you want to you want to keep something like that in your back pocket. But then you've got a fucking Oscar nominated <laughs> actress that you could have done more with. And yeah, they had it for one day. I just I want to know more. Thirty million dollar budget, Joe. What do you want? That, dude, more. A lot of I, effects. I want more, but in a good way. Like that, I just loved it, and I want to consume more of what's going on in this. She world. does have one of my favorite lines, though, when she's on the loudspeakers talking to Dana and Marty and telling them kind of what's going on. You're part of something bigger. This is bigger than you. So just let us get it over with. <laughs> yes. It's like no, that is not what you want to hear. That's not how you negotiate. No, uh, love right. it. So, any? Do you guys have any other notes about this? Mm. Well, hopefully yeah. you've already seen this film. If not, we've just ruined it for you. Well, dude, that's what we do here on the edit. We thing. ruin movies. We ruin movies. <laughs> uh, even if we love them, we ruin them. Uh, what did Cabin in the Woods do right? Baby, you got something chambered? Um, well, yeah, but I'm gonna wait until you. <laughs> the, the other baby. <laughs> I can't believe it hasn't happened yet tonight. That's like way you're way late. <laughs> so disappointing. Yes, I am. I am. Joe's late. off his game tonight. Everybody, I've got a, I've got a surprise for you. Um, if I didn't already say this like indirectly, I was pleasantly surprised. So it's got like the little components of all of the horror flicks mm-hmm. that I grew up on and love, but then it's got like this unexpected complexity. Yeah, to you grew, it. you grew up wa- watching horror movies. Yeah, like I, I for some reason liked the normal like Freddy and Jason and that kind of thing, but I liked Scream. I liked all of them. I was yeah. allowed to watch them at a very young age. I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, and I had no desire to. Wow. Thanks to this podcast though, oh. I've discovered a whole new world. Like elves. A whole new world. Nope, that Don't is not one. Don't you dare of them. close your eyes. I, I will close my eyes if you try to show me that film again. No, thank you. <laughs> Dan Haggard. What do I think it did right? I think it did. Uh, I think the, the humor, like I said, the, the wicked sense of humor. This film isn't nearly as fun if if it doesn't have if it's not juxtaposing the horrible things that are happening mm-hmm. with the just the the lackadaisical yeah. uh, manner in which the. I mean, the you- you got Dana being tortured with people celebrating an REO Speedwagon. I love that song. Well, with the changes da, 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 going on. Keep on oh, I wanted to pull that song up. I didn't. Yeah, you did. Um, what I think that this movie did right mm-hmm. is it's very hard, and people can yes. set out. It's, yeah. People can set out to try to write something that's different, and more often than not, you're going to get something that looks like or feels like it's trying. You're too trying hard. to, mm. and this. This movie pulls it off pretty effortlessly. Yeah. And and that's I think a testament to the writing of Joss Whedon, even though he still has trouble writing females. Uh but just at how he crafts a story, mm-hmm. uh I think is just amazing and very compelling and the fact that he's able to take like the things that we're familiar with and turn it on its ear, go outside the box a little bit, uh and and make it in a very engaging way. Uh dude, this this script is outstanding it's tight it, it's it's tight uh <laughs> from the the character dialogue like the the ex some of the expository stuff gets a little bit eye-rolly but for the most part it's not too boring no it's, it the voices are fresh uh and they don't feel like they need to repeat it they'll they'll feed everything to you maybe once or twice well but like how jenna pointed out they do repeat the the she's the whore and she's her libido's increased, and they, they do repeat that a bunch, but they don't really do it too much for anybody else. It's just that first one, just to get you accustomed to this well, world and like the rules. Just like the eagle. Yeah. Yeah. Like they start off. Just like the wild wind does. Sing songs, sounds like she's singing. Ooh, ooh motherfucker. Ooh, ooh. ooh. What did Cabin in the Woods do wrong? I think the same thing in the first 20, well, maybe 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. 
you have way too much knowledge or 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 they give away too much yeah mm-hmm. so you're expecting something more right yeah. um which i guess that has to happen at some point but i just feel like with the horror thing and the libido and the eagle and mm-hmm. all that together but there's not a lot that did wrong i mean i have stupid stuff on here about like <laughs> that Mar- marty would not be alive like that's yeah. just like but or he would be caught on the camera somewhere because he's got to be running and they've got like a gazillion cameras. That's true. Um, yeah, the fact and that like he was... smoking pot immunizing him is kind of hard to grasp. <laughs> it's really hard to grasp. <laughs> I mean, it it, it muddies the like, brain and makes yeah. it harder for him to be. But he's the he's know, the most clever one. The that clearest sees through it all. Like right. I don't understand that because he's constantly smoking. He's like Slater and Days and Confused. Dude, he's constantly smoking. Yeah. yeah. So, but nothing really big. I loved it. Maybe some of the effects. Maybe some of the 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 costumes. The merman. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we just wanted little, to say that again. Merman looks a little um, ghoulies from yeah. the eighties. Yes, like he climbs out of the toilet. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a minor complaint. I mean, I wish that it was a little bit more clever in the way that it ended. Uh, I, yeah, there's a part of me that feels like the fact that they let the world end, mm-hmm. and I know that's part of the theme at the beginning. So that means that it, it, in my ideal ending of the movie, they would have to get rid of that theme altogether anyway. Mm-hmm. But I kind of feel like with this movie that was able to turn things on its ear and be as clever as it was, mm-hmm. I felt like the ending was a little lackluster. The hmm. fact that they're like, well, we're just going to let the old gods win. Like, I wish that they could have, that there was another way. To it, save the world. Not really, I don't know, if if they were able to like kind of, if they were able to point out that the emperor wasn't wearing any clothes. Mm. That like, this was all. Oh, that know, would have been great. Yeah, that it was, yeah. it was all. They were doing it for nothing. Thing. They were doing it for nothing though. <gasps> oh, wow. That's actually darker than the actual. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would have preferred something like that. Um, Interesting. I I feel like poor Dana, and, and I felt like this when it came to the Ryan Reynolds character in mm. the movie Buried. Oh um, yes, he'd been through so much. He went through so much. Just let him win. Just give him a little bit of win, and that was like a torture porn of a movie. Yeah. Like it, it was, it was malicious on the part of the writers, and and I don't enjoy that. Like it feels like when you don't enjoy who your character is, and it's just let's torture this person, yeah. have them go through the worst thing possible. And then the result is terrible and tragic. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really feel like I've gone on a journey as an audience member. I just feel like... Well, what's the point? You just you just locked me in the fucking closet under the stair the staircase. Mm-hmm. Like Harry Potter. Uh, exactly. And so that's kind of... It's kind of how I feel about the Dana character. I feel like we were introduced to her. She's one of the sympathetic characters. She and yeah. Marty are the two sympathetic characters. And I feel like... I feel like they suffer the most. Yes, yes, they and do. Well, I, they have to make it to the end. They so. do, and they do. And the thing is, I just kind of wish that there was a little bit more of a comeuppance for them. Yeah. Other than the fact that, like, you know, they end up killing Richard Jenkins and Sigourney Weaver, yeah. who would have, I guess, ended up Died dying anyway. anyway. Yeah. So I just wish it was a little bit more clever in the ending. I'm sorry. I'm so long-winded with No, no. I hear you. Uh, if we were going to remake mm. The Cabin in the Woods... How would we do that, guys? Impossible, impossible. But I found another cast from one of my favorite movies that I've uh, thrown onto this. Ocean's Eleven. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so Actually, Would that work? They'd all be like 30 years no, older, though. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't. Not at all. All right. Uh, who, who wants to, do you want who, me to go who, first? Who's going first? Who one, talks first? Do I talk check. first? I'll go first. <laughs> because I think Jenna yeah, should go right. last. She's our guest. She's our be guest. Be our guest. <laughs> Try the gray stuff. It's delicious. <laughs> Uh, all right, 
So, starting with which which character would you guys start with? Uh, did you do the director? I did do the director. Yeah, director. You know what? I want to save my director though. Well, okay. Uh, Asking my advice. So Let's gonna, do Hadley and Sitterson. Hadley then. and Sitterson. Uh, Sitterson Kane. Sitterson uh, <laughs> would, would be John Oliver. Hadley, Trevor Noah. Oh, nice! You get the, yeah, uh, the like Daily that. Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so now going into my my Holden. These are the kids, right? Yes, you know for so kids. Here's the thing: mm. Cabin in the Woods, right? Taking place in England. All right, it's Ooh. gonna be it's a British thing now. Uh, it's a flat in the woods. Holden, the uh, the bookworm, mm-hmm. Daniel Radcliffe, <laughs> uh, Jules uh-huh. would be Lily James. Who is she? You don't know who Lily James is? I can look her up. You should look her up. I'll look her up. I know you know who Lily James is. Okay. Um, Kurt would be played by Nicholas Holt. We know who Nicholas Holt is. Yes, the Beast. The Beast, and he was in uh, Warm Bodies. Um, Oh, her from Thor. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. That's right. I forgot she was British. And uh, my Marty, John Boyega. Uh, (laughs) Nice. Oh, okay. I like that. that. We're going to go back to Jakku. (laughs) Uh, Dana, boyfriend, key boyfriend, played by Felicity Jones. So we've got two Star oh, Wars. Oh, that! Uh, the director. Mm. So I was trying to think. Like we need another cinematic legend, mm-hmm. somebody who's kind of you know used to to movies like this, some B movies. He's been a part of those. Uh, we've talked about one of them, Sean Connery. Oh, nice. Yeah, Sean Connery would be the director. This would be his comeback. Oh, I like that. As just a cool little small role. Uh, and this whole thing done by, we've talked about one of this guy's other movies. It was called Doomsday, uh, Neil Marshall. Oh, yes. Yeah. So oh, would, I love he, that guy. He would direct this film. Oh, nicely done. I like that. Thank you very much. Um, well, mine, uh, I'm pulling, I'm just going to throw it all out here right now. How about Scott Pilgrim? Scott Pilgrim versus the world. That's the cast of Scott Pilgrim. So we start at the bottom. Um, the director is going to be Jason Schwartzman. Okay. That's great. And then our, our Citizen and Hadley are the... Uh, um, the band members, young Neil, yeah, and uh, Steve. Steve? <laughs> no. What's that guy's name? It's not. No, it's not Steve. Steven no, Stills. Steven Stills. It's Steven. Steven. Yes. Yeah. I they didn't want to know that Steven. Steven. They never. They never call him Steve. Steven. Steven Stills. <laughs> Throw me a bone there. You know where I was going. <laughs> Throw me a bone. Young Neil and Steven are uh, working in there. And then finally with the children. Hi, I'm Neil. <laughs> <laughs> with Holden. How about Brandon Routh? Hey, why not? He's the scholar. Well, Marty, the fool. Kieran Culkin. Love it. Jules, the whore. Of course, got Brie Larson in that role. Uh, Kurt, the athlete. Chris Evans. Yes. And then uh, finally, Dana, the virgin. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Nice. That's good. Look, I didn't even get Scott Pilgrim in there. I didn't even get Sarah. Michael Michael Sarah. No no room for him. That's a cool recast, man. But room for Edgar Wright as the director. Uh, Please. The Cabin in the Woods. I love it. The Cabin in the Woods, everybody. If if this is like uh, Hell's Kitchen, Mm -hmm. I put mine on the chopping block, (laughs) and was yours better than mine? Yes. Oh, you think so? So now the onus is on you. Uh oh, Jenna. Um, do me proud, baby. Okay. Can so... you do better than Joel? <laughs> I always do. <laughs> um, I took American Pie cast. So yes. what? I'll start with Kurt and Joel. So who do you think Kurt is? Uh, which Come one's on. Kurt? Oh, it's got to be uh, uh, Stifler. 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 Okay. Okay. Sean so... William Scott. Uh huh. Jules. Oh wait. So I switched these up. So <laughs> Jules is Tara. Tara Reed. Tara Reed. Of course. Tara Robot Reed. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and, From Sharknado. There, yeah. Right? Tara Robert Reed. Oh. From the Brady Bunch. <laughs> and then Dana Allison Hannigan. Nice. Yes, of course. Uh, Marty Jason Biggs. 
<laughs> yes, okay. Cool. Okay. Holden, kind of a stretch, but Chris Klein, it mm-hmm. works. No, uh, I don't think so because he yeah. was he was like the sensitive football player in hey. American Pie. Yeah. yeah. But I definitely couldn't use the dad, Jason Biggs' dad, in this. So Eugene then, Levy? No, couldn't use Eugene <laughs> Levy. So, so for Sitters and Helly, I did Brian Cranston and Ty Burrell. Nice! It's, Ty oh. Burrell is perfect. I love yeah. those. I kind of like Eugene Levy in that role, though. I don't know. <laughs> and then, do you have a director? <laughs> no. There you go. There, okay. Eugene Levy's the director. Cool. How about that? There we go. That's, uh, that's excellent. I like that. Uh, American Pie. I think you guys tie on that. <laughs> you're being you're very both, kind. No, you're both way better than mine. Um, guys, if you have any thoughts about how you would recast The Cabin in the Woods or mm. thoughts about The Cabin in the Woods that we haven't covered in our hour and a half uh, discussion... We'll, we'll cut this down. <laughs> let us know. Uh, just go to our Facebook page, uh, put in the editing bay in the search bar, and that's going to bring up that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes. Click on that, and that's where you could talk back to us and let us know what you think about the movie. And if you've got ideas for other movies that you'd like for us to watch in the future... Uh, that's where you put your suggestions. We've also got a website, right, Joel? We sure do. It is editingbay.com. When you go there, you're going to find links to all of our social networks, the aforementioned Facebook page, and also our Twitter handle, which is at the Editing Bay. Please follow us there. We have over 320-some-odd followers now, Joe. What? Leaps and bounds about uh, where we were this time last year. So thank you all for following us at the Editing Bay. And again, if you go to editingbay.com, you're going to see links to all of our old past shows in our archive section. You're going to see a couple of pictures of us from when we did the live show. Joe, we may like need another years ago. live show coming up in uh, 2018. God, we should do I think it's about time. Show. It's we been too long. That. Yeah. Uh, also, we do need to put some new it's photos like the up. photos people use in their oh, dating no. profiles. No, no, well, I'm you not, know, uh, I am not putting up new photos. We may have some uh, changes coming to the website, but you have to listen to find out about that. But also, if you want to support the show, you can buy a t-shirt there. Uh, and just support us in general at editingbay.com. Uh, and also leave us a rating and review on your podcasting app. If you uh, want to know how to subscribe to us by using your Android device, there are a couple of apps that you can use called the Podcast Addict and mm. Podcast Republic. You can subscribe to us through iTunes using those applications. Uh, what are we going to do next week, Joe? Well, Joe, the moment is finally here. Uh-oh. Next week, after uh, four years, uh-huh. right? coming on four years of yeah. doing this podcast with you, we are reaching our 200th episode Two, next week. So is this just us, 200? Yeah, or we're not counting, counting the uh, afternoon, afternoon delight. delights that you and Jeff did. This is just the, the canon, the Editing Bay episode. Uh, are we so. counting when we've done replays? No, okay. no. These are fresh, brand new episodes. And so okay. next week, we're doing our 200th. going to do something a little special. Um, if you remember, our, our very first film that we reviewed was a, a little independent film called Birdemic. Oh, Jesus. Uh, and uh, there were a lot of... A lot of chase scenes, a lot of cars driving very quickly in that yeah. one. Uh, crazily. <laughs> Hanging out. Some might say out. those cars were driving... Hanging out with my family. Furiously. <gasps> what? And, and fast. What? So, we've been threatening to do this for a while, Joe. Oh, my God. And uh, I can't believe we've made it 200 episodes now without doing a Fast and the Furious film. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> but we'll be remedying that... Me familiar. Next week on a very, very special episode of The Editing Bay, yes. where we finally review Fast and the Furious. Oh my gosh. I'm this is going to be fantastic. This. And also, uh, we're going to have some special announcements, so uh, stay tuned. We'll do a couple of uh, couple of big announcements coming up next week, Yeah, along with our, our special Fast and the Furious viewing. Joel and I are gay. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> For right. each we're other. Finally coming out. Now that we're both married, <laughs> figured the time... We did not know that. We've <laughs> got our beards. New <laughs> shit has come to light, <laughs> man. <laughs> It was not. We were not aware of that, dude. <laughs> that had not occurred to us. Uh, that's what it is. Uh, all right. Uh, thank you. Means for necessary means. Hey, is Fast and Furious streaming anywhere? Uh, not quite sure. Okay. I didn't look that up before deciding on it. But um, 
Hopefully, it like it, it must be. If not, it's got to be showing on like TBS or TNT right about Dynamite. now. Dynamite. Some yeah. <laughs> TNT. Oi, oi, oi. Hey, uh, had a great time with this, uh, Jenna. Thank you so much. Yay for joining us. Thanks, in the cabin, baby. In Thanks, the woods. guys. Every for me cast on your pod. It's <laughs> not a thing. You made right? that sound dirtier. It's not a thing. No, but I like it. We're gonna start saying that. Thanks for letting me Thank cast you. on your, your pod. pod. Mm. I think that's what happens in Alien. <laughs> okay, we're going to close this thing out. <laughs> Jeff, thank you so much, sir. Joel, always a pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. Catch you next week for Fast and Furious. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.